following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk, where we have so much fun. It's an exciting program. It's very entertaining and informative. As I always say, and I have to repeat myself, not quite as entertaining as a late night driving across Nevada with thunder and lightning and listening to the alien shows. I just love those alien shows. I am the biggest proponent of the alien shows, and I have my own show. And with you guys, we have our own show. I, po- I apologize, but we have our own shows, and, and and we cannot, we can't overdo or outdo the Alien Show. I just will never, never overcome the Alien Show. You know what we need to do? The reason why Alien Shows are so popular, I think, is all of these accounts of well, two things: all of these accounts of aliens abducting people and doing probes and all this kind of stuff on them, and the fact that Steven Spielberg made a movie about E.T. and about aliens. So if we want to hit that popularity, first got to get Spielberg to do a movie about us, and then maybe we need to start... Okay, no, I'm not going to suggest that we kidnap people and probe them. That's going too far. But That's too far. We That's could too get far. an article... No, not too far. Get an article placed in the Daily Globe, My Lawyer Was an Alien. Huh? Think about that. All right. That could work. Who looked like Michael Jackson. Okay. Now we're starting to get somewhere. Well, Your Honor, I don't. (laughs) You might be from the United States on planet Earth, but you are part of the overall jurisdiction of Zotan 5, for which I hold a bar card under my name, Nanook. By the way, this is not a joke. I've seen these before in court. Some people walking in, that's what you think. Really, dude? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, we're here. If you want to call us at 855-LAW-RADIO, what's the actual phone number? But 855-LAW-RADIO is what, Denise? 855-529-7234. And we've got to tell you, like we always say, make sure you understand we're talking about general topics of law. We're in probably 16 states. All of us are barred in the state of California, uh, but we talk about everything. We do have lawyers in other parts of the state. Uh, We had a Texas question. We brought Chip Evans, our Texas lawyer at Austin, came on the line. We can bring lawyers on the line from these states. Shoot, Um, dang, that was awesome. Yep, that was awesome. And we're not giving you legal advice. Don't, Don't seek local counsel. And remember, the most important thing is whatever you learn here is very good evidence and very important things to use at the dinner table during Christmas, during Thanksgiving, and when the in-laws come over. It doesn't establish legal precedent, but it could establish dinner table precedent. That's right. You've got to think right. of that. This is big. It, it, well, it, it, it replaces the they say. It does. It, we are the they, they say. 
it adds far more credibility. I, I am waiting, you know, I am waiting for the first person to submit a video or audio or something where of a of, of a dinner table conversation where radio law talk is quoted. That that you know, I will have reached the mountaintop when they say, Well, I heard I mean, look, to be credible it'll probably have to be something that Denise Dirks or Fred Penny said. But if you throw oh, my name in Oh, oh yes you know, if we could have Judge Judy just quote us once on on, on, on her oh. little Judge Judy show. Now we'd be getting somewhere, wouldn't we? <laughs> on her little, on her little Judge Judy show that she makes twenty Judge. million a year on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're close. Yes, yes, we're yes. right there. Yeah, we're close. Hold your, uh, uh, all of us make so much money on Radio Law Talk. We just <laughs> I make twenty million a year in Zoton Five credits. The problem is the exchange rate with the United States. It comes out to about a nickel. <laughs> So you get, what you get a nickel? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you got more than we did. You got a nickel. We're gonna talk a little bit about Trump, but we're, we, we've got to bring this up. We've got to talk a little bit about, about William Barr. Is he should he be forced to testify? I've got a couple of takes on that. That's really interesting. And really, to me, another interesting issue is the Penn State University president oh, yeah. was granted a huge victory by the court, and we're going to talk about that. But but before we do all that, we have a fun little tidbit called Case or No Case that everybody loves, and I know it's something to do with the car, and uh, Cal, I, I'm not sure he's going to try to trick us, but what he does is he, he gives us a case, and we have to say if it's a real case. And then we have to determine whether uh, whether there is an outcome or if there is an outcome, what the outcome is. And this is for points. And more importantly, it's for the first one to 50 points between the three of us uh, illustrious lawyers. We get Donna's uh, really good spaghetti. Donna, does it have does it have meat in it? Because I like meat. I mean, is it it's and it's got just a little bit of is it ground beef? No. Oh, oh, it's, it's ground beef. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see her yeah, through the window. Beef. We, yeah, yeah. Those of you who have never been in our studio, we're, we can see through the window in the producer's area, and Don is sitting there. And so it's got ground beef, and it's a marinara sauce, right? Now you didn't stick red, pour, red sauce, red sauce. You're not just pouring it out of a out of a oh, out no. of a jar. Okay, no, thank no, you, no, thank you. That's no. I wanna I wanna do the. Okay, I'm excited. And then what type of noodles are they? Are they just like normal spaghetti noodles, or do you do like these special like shells or what? Just spaghetti noodles. Just spaghetti? Okay. Straight All right. Yeah. And then do we put like real um, – by the way, did I tell you I'm hungry? I can tell. <laughs> real mushrooms. I am so hungry right we now. We got sidetracked yeah, all the way. Real, no, I am so hungry. Fresh. Oh, no mushrooms. Fresh. I can't eat mushrooms. Okay, we'll leave my Yes. Fresh Thank you. Parmesan cheese. Parmesan cheese. <laughs> oh my marina sauce. By the way, my family used to call it Parmesan cheese. That's why he's making fun of me. Let's roll case or no case. Let's just get going, all right, Cal. Here we go. Here we go. Now it's time to play case or no case. Yay! All right. The case of the unwanted race car. Caroline Narrowset was a young woman just learning how to drive. Her daddy had just purchased a new, well it wasn't new to him, but it was new to him, a used 2003 Ford Thunderbird. He thought once Caroline developed a little skill, he would take her out in the cool car that he loved so much, and he did. So there, there they are in Boise, Idaho, and she enters the freeway, I-15, and then he says, step on the gas, let's accelerate this bad girl. She did. The car rapidly climbed to the prescribed speed limit and kept going. 75, 80, 85, 90. Dad said, that's enough. Let up on the gas. Apply the brake. She Then then he says it excitedly. But I'm, and she says, I am. I am. 
Eventually, the brakes bring the car under control. They pull off the freeway with the engine revved up high. They turn off the engine, turn it back on, and the throttle began to work normally. Dad was scared. He thought, man, this car is fast, and little Caroline learned to drive that, learned rather that driving was much easier when everything works well. Dad called the Ford dealer to say, hey, you got any recalls or throttle problems on this uh, Thunderbird? And they said, no, check your floor mats. So instead, he checked with a lawyer, and I ask you, case or no case? And uh, let's see, it's Denise's turn, I believe, to go first. Correct, Denise? It is. Okay, what do you got? Um, <clears throat> I do believe there was a recall for Ford Thunderbird 03 for a acceleration problem. Okay. It seems to me that that's true. And um, so the question is, did... Um, did the father sue Ford to try to get it corrected? Right. Right? So and, that's really and, the question, and, right. and that would be the underlying case. he didn't suffer any damages. No, but it would be like a manufacturing defect. Mm -hmm. um, so he could sue Ford, and he could sue the dealer, and he could sue the manufacturer, right? Um, everybody oh. under the sun, and he did check his floor mat, and it was not, um, it wasn't the floor mat. Oh, so, okay. you know what I'm thinking? Mm. I'm time to think about this. No! Yes. Say it! Give us no, like, your opinion. you got 30 seconds. Okay, 30 seconds. Case, dad wins. Okay. Mm, case, dad wins. I have a very good opinion on this and a very interesting one. So, hold on. I'm a personal injury lawyer, by the way. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned to Case of the Wanton Thunderbird uh, when we come back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at PennyAssociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. 
They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm. The attorneys you hear on the panel at RadioLawTalk.com are all licensed to practice law in California. But if you want a lawyer, no matter where you're listening, you can check our website, RadioLawTalk.com. There's a button there that says, Talk to a Lawyer. Press it. It's that easy. And, of course, we thank you for listening to Radio Law Talk. So, case or no case, this is about the car that had an issue with the throttle. I love the fact that Dad pulled over and said, we got a throttle issue here. Uh, turn it off. We'll just start it back up again, dear. And let's just, oh, you're 16? New, oh, keep on going. No, Dad, get back in the car. But anyway, so, uh, Denise, you said that it was a case, and Dad wins against Ford Motor Company for a defect. Correct and, and and breach of warranty and breach of warranty. And I think it's Todd's turn, right, Cal? Yep. Okay. What kind of car was this? It was a 2002 Thunderbird. You know, she which gar- shares, by the way, a lot of components with other cars. So, well, you yeah. know, you know, I, I mean, I'm thinking about this car, and I'm thinking she she got her daddy's car, went cruising to the, the hamburger, hamburger stand, stand now. now. Yes, that's Seems right. Seems like she forgot about the library, like she, she told her old man, man now. That's right. What song? And she'll have fun, 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 fun oh, till her daddy, daddy takes, takes the T-bird, T-bird away. away. That's right. Yeah, that's this right. whole thing Big seems voice. like a metaphor, and quite frankly, I think he should be very, if it is a metaphor, he should be very concerned about his daughter and things accelerating too quickly, you know, especially if you're dealing with floor mats and all this kind of stuff. But I'm going to say that this is a case. The problem is, I mean, the damages, nobody got hurt with this. You know, I, I think, in my opinion, the damages here are... Uh, fix the accelerator. Take a look at it. You know, do some more. Don't tell me it's, um, don't tell me it's, uh, just the accelerator because nothing happened here. So I, I think it's a case, um, I, I think that the dad wins, but I don't think it's multi-million dollar stuff that he wins. I think he wins or replacement. For, for replacement of the accelerator. Or maybe the, maybe the floor mats. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Mr. Penny, what say you? Remember, there was a very famous case involving Toyota, where a person was actually killed. Uh, in a lot of cases so, yeah. on this. In fact, I've handled uh, a lot of different cases similar. And by the way, Cal, I'm going to say this now that they've already opined. Yeah. And I'm going to be stupid if I'm wrong, but I almost geared... Oh, I might be wrong. I look stupid. But I, I remember there is a floor mat case. It was the floor mat that was pushing on the accelerator. I don't know. There was the, the T-Bird. But that was a defect, and it was causing. It wasn't the. It was the way they made the floor mats was causing the accelerator to, uh, uh, to, to be pushed pushed down, and they were unable to stop them. And there were accidents and serious injuries. But this individual did this guy bring in? You're bringing up a scenario that is true, so I'm going to say it's a true scenario. But did this individual bring something? No, because there's no damages. They have to have damages. So uh, they made the first hurdle, but not the second hurdle. And then you have to come down and see, was that a class action suit? Which I remember, I think it was, because individuals were hurt. And as a Spaniard, I think that you are trying to trick me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> Never fight with a Sicilian in the winter and win a battle of witches on the line. That's exactly right. Denise is staring at us. It's over my head. Oh, it's the Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride when they're having the... Oh, if you put the eye cane powder clearly in the mug in front of you. <laughs> but then you knew I would... <laughs> anyway. Yes. Cal, it's it's a true scenario, Uh-oh, and it was you? a case, so I'm not quite sure what to say about uh, what. Well, no, they they don't win. They have no cause of action. They have a, you know, you so. know, you know um, Fred's the only one that said, why didn't he just put it in neutral? Well, you know what or, happened, and this is the same thing happened with the Toyota when they were driving along, and the Toyota could they couldn't get, and they said put it in, but there is a neutral lockout switch. That is was built into at least a Toyota where you could not get the car in neutral for fear that you would therefore jack it into reverse accidentally oh. at a high rate of speed. So there there are were interlocks prohibiting the dropping the car into neutral. Why would he not shut off the engine? Well, that's another good question. Because if yeah. it's all electronic, then yeah. you don't yeah. want to do that because well, you lose then control. You, then you lose your power steering. Yes. Right. So it, it's a tough situation for someone to be in. And for Ford to say, well, remember Toyota, so check your floor mats. Right. What's the answer, Cal? Uh, you want to know the answer, do you? I said it's a yeah. true scenario, but I don't mm-hmm. think this, this guy... Well, know. you know, here's what's interesting, and I'm not sure how to judge this, so I'm just going to tell you. There was, in fact, a massive recall involving thousands and thousands of Ford vehicles, approximately 18 of them, one of which was the Thunderbird, for this electronic control... Uh, Electronic control module that affected the fuel. It was temperamental. Sometimes the car would go into limp mode. In rare occasion, it would, you know, just take off. Ford settled a class action lawsuit Mm -hmm. and a myriad of individual lawsuits. And the number that I was able to cobble together using table napkin math was $18 million out of pocket for Ford to settle these Nothing. because there were no real damages. Uh, but, you know, they, people all caught it. No, no one was – I think there were three three deaths relating to 18 this million thing. nothing. Yeah, yeah so it was yeah. nothing. So it was, in fact, a case. fake scenario based on a class action case. So that means that Fred gets a point. Yeah. Denise gets uh, a point, and Todd gets a point. One, That's one, right. one. And that, ladies and gentlemen – And it's a complicated thing, and I have to try to personalize it. And my wife, by the way, loves 2003 Thunderbirds. Just loves them. And she should. They're beautiful cars. That's case or no case, so we all got a point. Is that right? That's exactly right. So that all doesn't matter. And all for a different reason, in a way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's what made it interesting, I thought. 855-LAW-RADIO, if you want to call in and talk about it. William Barr, can he be forced to testify? Now, this is a, a, a question that is being asked, and this is going to be a big issue, and, and I'm going to talk about it very briefly. As this thing goes forward, we're going to continue to talk about it, but this is what what's right on the edge of the law and what's happening right now. It's, it's kind of interesting. Now you think about it. Can Congress subpoena him? Yes. And, and obviously, uh, and Radio Law Talk, those of you who are first listening to us, we are a politically neutral show. We will argue the left, 
the right. By the way, I put my right hand down for, and then I put my left hand down. Uh, and, and the middle. It doesn't matter. We will argue all sides. Um, but this is clearly a Democratic push, you know, a push in the House to to have him um, uh, talk a little more about what's going on in the Mueller report. So let's assume they do subpoena him. Let's let's figure this out. What happens if he doesn't show up and they subpoena him? What happens is Congress sends who? The Sergeant of Arms. He's supposed to go to get him to subpoena him. They hold him in contempt, contempt right? Contempt, right. And they show up, and there's the FBI that protects the, the, uh, the Attorney General. Attorney General. Yeah. So that's a scenario that is interesting. Or if they hold him in criminal contempt, then uh, they can uh, send this to the AG's office for the Attorney General's office to prosecute this contempt of court, who, by the way, is, is William Barr. William Barr, and he's the boss. Yeah, so wonder how that's going to go. That's going to go. And yeah. then if you hold them in, him in civil contempt with a civil judge... We've got to wrap up. I'm sorry, guys. Sure, we'll sure. be right back. Sure. Don't go away. Radio Law Talk continues after this. My All friend. advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Listening to Radio Law Talk, and now back to the show. Yeah, we had a, um, a minor technical difficulty, so we want to bring this up again. William Barr is he going to be forced to testify? Uh, generally speaking, uh, I think no. Uh, but but this is like we said, this is a stalemate because who who is the person that is going to uh, you know Congress can subpoena him, and uh, they're going to uh, you know who's going to go after him? The Sergeant of Arms, okay, you gotta you gotta follow these subpoenas, and he's going to say, here's my FBI guys, you know, good luck. And then not only that, if it's criminal contempt, guess who are the ones that have to enforce the criminal contempt? They send it to the Attorney General's office for them to go after this person that's not showing up on the subpoena. <laughs> this reminds me of that that joke about the baseball game that was being organized between. Between the uh, forces of darkness and heaven, and you know, the guys from heaven were saying, "We got all the best 
players. We had Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and everything like that. And the forces of darkness says, yeah, well, who do you think has all the umpires? <laughs> We're not going to lose, you know. And, 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 that's, and that's the same thing here. Who's the one in charge of enforcing the rules and making right. sure all this come happen? It's the AG's office and bar. And he had, they, he has executive privileges, but there is, if you go back and look at the history, during the Bush time, this did happen. There were some subpoenas. There was fights that went on. And then, then and then without getting into details, what happens is it, it never makes it to the appellate or Supreme Court. A, a lower court ruled on it. But what happened is Obama came in. He was elected. And then it just kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And so nothing has really gone up to the upper courts to decide this. And so we're, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this William Barr, whether or not he, I think he doesn't have to, and then that's, uh, you know, and oh yes he does, yes he does, uh, but I don't think he has to. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit on the break here, but you look at the firestorm that that William Barr has been under. He is he is confirmed to the Senate on the 14th of February 2019. Five weeks and one day later, he receives the report from Mueller. Two days after that, he releases his. And from the time he released the summary until now has just been the subject of accusations and firestorms on on all sides. It didn't say too. It didn't say enough. It said too much. Uh, Mueller is contacting him, saying the public and the media are misinterpreting it. And then they release the redacted stuff. And now everybody's saying, "Yeah, you gotta." You, you know, my my thought on this is. Who in their right mind, when President Trump calls them up and says, "Hey, I'd like, I'd like, I'm not to, taking the call. I'd like to nominate you for this, uh, for this position in my cabinet," who in their right mind goes, "Yeah, all right, that sounds like a good idea to me." <laughs> not just Trump. I'd say from now, from this point on, I know. if a Democrat gets in the uh, the presidency. It's it's going to be brutal on that person too. It, it, it's going to be a, just a melee. Who would ever want to go into politics? I don't know. But that's for me. That's just uh, people always say, Frank, you got to run for this or that. I'm like hard pass. Why why would you do that to yourself or your family? I mean, they they talk about you know people have said that the commander in chief might not have all of his marbles there. I think anybody who chooses to go into politics maybe needs to have their marbles checked. Well, politics is a blood sport. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think we all we all know that and now we have an era in politics and this is not uh, right or left slanted. This is just an observation that everything all the time is political. There's very little statesmanship. There's very little actual governing. Instead, it's all political. And therefore, we can't. they can't get a lot done, which I'm kind of thankful for, <laughs> yeah. you know, on the one hand. But on the other, it's really interesting to me how the fine art of statesmanship has simply left the national body politic. It, it died just seems with that McCain. Yeah. Hey, you it's know what? Gone with McCain Let's get out opinion. of politics. Well, I think, Sad. I, and maybe even maybe even before that, those of us uh, would argue maybe the Obama regime was responsible a bit, uh, and then McCain came in and tried to balance the ship, and now he's gone. And where are the voices of reason? Where are they? Yeah, we yeah, gotta be more. Hey, let's talk about Penn State's president. I, this is very interesting. This goes way back to the Sandusky trial, which is. The uh, you know the, the individual who had issues with sexual harassment, well, well, molesting, well, yeah. molesting of children in or at Penn State. Hold on just a second. Sure. Let me let me get this straight. <clears throat> we, we don't get political on this show, but 
we, to, to get us off the political topic, we're picking the Penn State story. That's right. <laughs> That's the one that gets us away from politics. Well, everything's politics. <laughs> we have to go we, somewhere. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But we talk about both sides. That's right. right. That's right. But, uh, yeah, so the, uh, the Penn State story, Jerry Sandusky. Jerry Sandusky is the assistant coach, and apparently he had some pedophile issues. And the issue came is who knew what about it, uh, you know, just uh, just devastated a wonderful university with what happened and whether or not there was cover-up. A number of people went to, to jail because of mm-hmm. it. But uh, the, the, in him, he's, I think, 30 to 60 years is spending his life in, in uh, the rest of his life in jail. But the issue is, is what did the president of the university, and his name is uh, Spainer? Graham Spainer. Yeah, what, what did he know? And apparently, did, did he cover some stuff up? Uh, he, he was like a number of other individuals in the upper hierarchy, uh, was given a sentence of, what, two months uh, of, I believe it's only two months or 30 days of actual jail time. And um, he argued that uh, this law, and I'll let you get a little more into it uh, because this is your your area of law because you're a criminal lawyer, Tom. Uh, this basically law, they were using it retroactively against him that didn't apply, and the court upheld it and said, you're correct. So what was that a little bit about? So so here's what happened. There was an assistant coach, Mike McCreary, mm-hmm. and and he claims that one evening he observed what appeared to be Sandusky with a child in a shower, and he reported that to his superiors, and the evidence is clear that this report made it all the way to President Spainer's office, and Spainer knew about it. And Spainer is quoted as saying, as a result of that, the only downside for us is that if the message isn't heard and acted upon, then we become vulnerable for not having reported it. And that was used as saying, see, you knew you should have done something, but you didn't do anything at the time. And, right. and that's about his state of mind. Well, the problem is, at the time these offenses occurred, the 1995 version of the law was in place. In 2007, the law was amended so that employers who oversaw employees working with children could now have liability if those that they oversaw saw were engaged in bad behavior with the children. And and under the ninth under the two thousand two thousand and seven version of the law um, that would have applied, and Spainer was prosecuted using the 2007 version, the 2007 jury instructions, and, and that's what happened. The problem is the offense occurred before 2007 when that kind of employer-employee liability did not exist in the state of Pennsylvania, and his argument is you needed to prosecute me under the state of the law as it was as of 95, not 2007. You can't apply it retroactively. And two days before he is supposed to go in and serve his jail sentence. We're talking about a jail sentence that was handed down when? 2012? Something yeah, like that a long, long time, time ago. ago. He's finally getting ready to go serve that. Well, like and, 30 days worth or something. Yeah, like that. and the federal judge said, you're right. They couldn't apply it retroactively. And the laws you're talking about specifically apply to child endangerment. Yes. Right. So these were the laws that were in in effect at the time and it's a constitutional issue isn't it todd because isn't that you can't do ex post facto that, loss that Isn't is that that's that one of the issues that gets raised um, you know what is the ex post facto is 
um, when a law is changed, can you go back and prosecute people for conduct that existed before the law was changed? And, you know, it's one thing to say I, you know, ignorance of the law of, is no defense, but if no law even existed, how, you know, how can you prosecute somebody for that? But they agreed. And so now the, the court agreed. And so now the, uh, the, prosecutor has to determine whether or not they're going to go back and prosecute him again, which they are free to do based upon the judge's ruling, but they have to prosecute him using the 1995 version of the law. Now, the prosecutor's argument in all of this to uphold the conviction is they believe that the 95 version and the 2007 version of the law are substantially similar and that a conviction would have occurred under either and so I think the court is saying, well, okay, I'll call your bluff. Go ahead and prosecute him under that. And guess what? The court not only said that, the court said, by the way, you have three months to do it. And I think the prosecutors are going to think hard about, do we do this? But you know what? You know what his jail time would have been? Two months. Well, it was, yeah. the minimum was two months. Minimum two months. No, he, yeah. he, he was sentenced to 30 yeah, days. 30 so. days. He oh, was sentenced gosh, to 30 days. Kidding. Yeah. And then some house arrest, too. So it, basically, he was going to do hardly anything. But. And, and get this, the entire time, so he he was dismissed as president back in 2011, and the entire time from 2011 until now, his status has been on paid administrative leave. He's been receiving a salary from Penn State for the entire oh time. Oh my gosh. Yep. yep. Well, Article 1, Section 9, and Section 10 are the ex post facto um, constitutional prohibitions, so look at those. That's pretty good. Yeah, we're going to talk about a Tesla crash, uh, by the way, one of the first... Coming out for uh, the, what do you call that? The automatic uh, driving? Autopilot. Autopilot, yeah, Yeah, self-driving. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a little bit about Trump. We'll be back. I'm your host, Fred Petty, with my other co-hosts, Denise and Todd. You're listening to Radio Law Talk, and we thank you for doing so. The program will continue with our final segment right after this. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. This is Radio Law Talk. What we've been following, we're going to continue to follow, is the autopilot navigation system. There's a lawsuit against... um, Tesla right now on that out of California that they're going to follow that. I, I don't I – there's so much to talk about there, and it's just beginning. Um, that's a, a whole new topic that I don't think we have a lot of time to talk about. I think, Todd, we, we discussed it in Denise, but but uh, if you have a brief sure, discussion, I mean, let's get into Julian Assad. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, just really quickly, this is a guy who was driving a Tesla, and at 71 miles an hour, it crashed into a median, died, and he was using their autopilot feature. So he was basically thought the car could right. uh, drive itself. My only issue with this is – so many of the evidence, so much of the evidence that is purported to be stuff that they're going to bring out deal with statements that the deceased person made and about what he thought about the car could and couldn't do. And the big hurdle for this case is going to be overcoming the hearsay rule in even getting those statements before a jury. If you want the jury to believe what the deceased said, well, 
hearsay keeps a lot of that out. So they're going to have to be the plaintiffs are going to have to be creative and get a judge that rules in their favor to allow those statements to come in. And without them, a lot of the evidence they have is going to be curtailed. But you know what? This is all evidence of sure. experts. This is an expert evidence. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be what? You know, what? You know, don't forget these new cars. By the way, people don't realize new cars have black boxes now. And we have I can't get into all the de- details of some of our cases we have. We read those black boxes in a, in a big case. You know, if it's a smaller case, it's not worth the money and the cost to, to look at the black box. But it's just like a plane now. You can read what it does. And there's two defendants here, too. Not just Tesla, but the Department of Transportation of the state is also being sued because it's they're arguing that they failed to maintain the roads properly. It's so we're, it's going to be an interesting one to find out and follow up with. Speaking of interesting, Julian Assange, he is in he is in England, and he's been sitting in the Ecuadorian, it was Ecuadorian embassy for quite some time. We talked about this two weeks ago on our uh, show, so go back and listen to our podcast on that. Worst house guest ever, ever. folks. Yeah, we could, and he <laughs> is just interesting. Just wasn't taking showers, was not nice to the staff, according to the, the Ecuadorian Ecuadorian embassy. And, the, and look, he's he's there. They're trying to arrest him, and he's sitting there. And and don't be mad at the Ecuadorian people or uh, you know the the staff there. And by the way, he started ripping on the Ecuadorian president and so they finally went you know here you go you're out of here and then so now he's and they had and they had the um england police to come pick him up yeah so they had to literally drag him out of the embassy yeah so they did that so here's the issue he's now appeared before the court in england and uh, apparently they say that there's 16 million pounds is what it's cost for them to deal with this guy and um, apparently he has been sentenced to 50 weeks in jail for really not the specific crimes but for what uh, not following up on his bail or something what was that he, I, well he, he was supposed to uh, that's what the judge said it wasn't for like okay you've committed this crime but but he was supposed to be I don't know was he he's in to essence sh- in contempt of their of their judicial system by being released on bail and then not right. showing up at right. the extradition hearings like he was supposed to right. show up to and so they took him into custody and rightly so this case Julian Assange's conduct as a house guest for Ecuador <laughs> reminds me so much of the cases that we did in the past where the uh, the 20 something son or early 30s son finally gets evicted by his parents from the house oh, and yeah. all they ever have to do is say nasty things about mom and dad for stealing my Lego collections and stuff, never minding the fact that the parents bent over backward to put you up. And that's kind of what Assange was like. Yes, and while he was escaping uh, law in the embassy, what he did was he was wanted in Sweden for sexual assault allegations. He denied those folks. And they dropped it. They had to drop it because the statute of limitations ran while he was hiding out. Yeah. And in, 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 in addition, it wasn't just that, but basically the UK court said, you've been putting yourself out of reach in this embassy and trying to remain in the United States and in the United Kingdom, which is against our laws. And yep. so he has now been found guilty of breaching the Bell Act, right. um, and now he has to serve 50 months. What's going to happen to him? He, do you think that U.S. is going to try to get him extradited? Of course, I think so. And, and I don't think I they're going to. I don't think they're going to have much trouble doing it. 50 it, weeks, uh, not months. You said 50 months. 50, 50 weeks. weeks. He's, he's yeah, two, two, I'm sorry, two weeks, weeks shy of a year. I I don't think he's, they're going to have much trouble getting him over here because, quite frankly. Um, 
from the U.S.'s perspective, what he did poses a huge breach for national security, allowing some of this stuff to come over. But which, it, which one? I mean, what 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 time did he release well, the, this, the WikiLeaks set of, that this, U.S. is this is the stuff. I, I, I'm talking about the stuff that Chelsea Manning, the military guy, gave to right. WikiLeaks that was that had national secrets that went out. Not so much about the uh, posting of the emails of the Clinton campaign. It, you know, that's egregious from certain people's perspective. But in my opinion, isn't as serious as the releasing of secrets for uh, national security. But I do think that this is going to bring to a head journalistic privilege in releasing stuff because he's going to claim that WikiLeaks is a journalistic website and that releasing that, you may have a claim against the person that took the stuff, but you can't come after the journalistic entity that actually published it. And I think a lot of news agencies are going to be looking at that because they might not like him individually, but that how this case goes down is going to have an effect on how they operate and do their business. That's exactly my point I was going to bring up. That is a huge issue. Is, is, and if their lawyers are smart, they're going to stick to one thing and one thing only. We're journalists. We're journalists. And, you know, are you going to stop us from reporting the news? And you're exactly right, Todd. It, it has to do with go after the people that, that – Got it illegally. Right, and and that's the Mueller side of it. The hackers were the Russians. Mm -hmm. WikiLeaks distributed. They didn't have any crime when they distributed the information because they weren't the hackers. That's right. And so that's kind of what they're going to say. We weren't the hackers. We weren't the ones that obtained the information illegally. So it's going to be interesting, and I don't know what's going to happen to him, but he just – I would never invite him into my home. You're not gonna t- you're not gonna invite him for dinner. No, he's got to take a shower first. My understanding. He was throwing frisbees around, and people were telling him to stop. I, apparently, it's just an interesting guy to be around. Well, he's but, got cats. Can't come to my place because my cats wouldn't have him. That's so. exactly right. So here's the other. You know, we've we've got we've got a few minutes left, and we don't have time to get into all the the Trump stuff. But but obviously, there's a fight with they're subpoenaing Trump's uh, bank records, and and actually even his kids back to when they were children. Um, um, and, and, and Trump is going to fight that, and they're in the middle of that fight. We're going to have time to talk about this, uh, you know, because this is going to continue. We're going to have time to talk about it on our next show next week or, and or the week after, because it's not going to end this week. No. Nope. But but, no. but but he is trying to get because uh, I believe it's the sixth of May is when the uh, his but two banks uh, yeah, have that's... to have to start giving up some of the records to Congress. And 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 they said unless we have a judge a court order that says we don't have, we're not supposed to we're going to start giving it up so this is yes. going to happen this coming week is going to be a big deal so Monday unless Trump and his family members get protective order to keep the banks from releasing the records then they're going to get released and this right. this it's kind of funny because the executive branch is calling upon the judicial branch to, to protect the executive branch right. and that's kind of a fun thought the only other thing that could happen is there they may not get necessarily a protective order, but a stay to allow the judge to I make the decision. I think that's going to happen. Uh, because they did file a federal lawsuit on Monday claiming there's no legitimate or lawful purpose for the subpoenas. The judge is going to have to rule on it, so they may issue a stay until the court can rule on it I think that's Do you know what court happen. was that brought in the D.C. court? It was filed in New York. New York. Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to do our famous quick takes. 
Cal, tell us what quick takes are. Quick takes, your chance to quickly summarize one of the issues we've talked about today. And let's start with Mr. Kunin and your quick take. All right, my quick take actually is about you, Mr. Hunter. Uh Uh-oh. It's about you, and I'm going to say that when the regional Emmy Awards finally create a category (laughs) called Best Case or No Case Liar, the Calvin Hunter Emmy win drought will be over. Thank you. Very nice. Fred. All right, quick take. Get on board. We've got so many new affiliates coming on. If you don't get on board right away, someone else in your city is going to take Radio Law Talk, and you're not going to be able to play our show. All right, fair enough. Denise, your quick take. Okay, mine is, did Winnie the Pooh get caught with his hand in the honeypot? Stay tuned. (laughs) Those are some good puns. All right, thanks for joining us. Join us next week live, Pacific Time, 9 to noon. We'll talk to you later. I'm your host, Fred Penny, with Denise Dirks and Mr. Todd Cunin. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.